Welcome to the official podcast where the bombs get thrown. I'm your host, May Shayla Bogan, and I introduce to you the Mike Bomb Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Mike Bomb Podcast with your host, May Shayla, kicking it at you on this beautiful Thursday. I'm starting this episode off with talking about a topic that many, many, many people want to hear my take on because even though I did have special guests on the show to speak on their perception on it, along with the latest they heard about it, along with, you know, other fans who represents this team fan base, that, you know, to speak their cue and to say whatever they have to say about it. I didn't yet, though, speak on mine. And honestly, even though I did predict that this would happen, I didn't think that it will get this ugly between these two. And the two that I'm preferring and what I'm, you know, referring to is the Cincinnati Bengals and their star safety, Jesse Bates, as... They both failed to come to an agreement on an extension deal that would most likely extend him for another two to four years in Cincinnati due to disagreements on the value and the amount of money that should be given towards Bates and yeah, pretty much things like that. It's just been getting uglier and uglier and I understand that many fans... I'm now like a villain in Cincinnati because, let's just face facts here, I'm the one who called it. I called it 10 days after the Super Bowl that they would not come to an agreement. But I said that in a jokingly manner. You know, I was like, okay, timeline sleep. The Bengals would not extend Jesse Bates and he would not sign the franchise tag. I was joking, but yet I was serious, if that makes sense, because... It's just the way the Bengals, you know, let's just face facts here. It's it's the way the Bengals just operate with their players. And not saying that it's right of what they're doing, but, you know, Boo Boo the Fool, Stevie Wonder could have saw this coming. And it's just, it's it's getting, it gotten ugly. It's not like, let's just face facts here. 
it's it's gotten ugly to even you know <laughs> for it to begin like i want to laugh right now because going back to all of this let's just face let's just you know let's just face facts here that like it's just hard to even get my words out about this because it's just like wow that this actually happened um so here's the deal the Bengals were dead wrong in this because this is one of your best players if not arguably the best player let's face facts here he's definitely the best player in their secondary no question um he's one of the best safeties in football some people put him in their top 10 at the best i put him in top five top three because even as a Steelers fan, that's how much I think that's how good I think he is. Um, obviously, there's two safeties that I would guarantee that I'll have over him, which would be Mika Fitzpatrick being number one, Dorn James from the Chargers, LA Chargers being number two, and then I will have Jesse Bates or someone else right there. Um, he's not that far off from the top three, so I would definitely put him in the top five. And according to you know, the Bengals and Bates deal, according to reports, um, let's just call it like it is, that they were not trying to give him the deal of a top five safety caliber. They weren't. And it's just, it's gotten ugly. Um, it's gotten ugly and it's most likely going to have to lead to a trade deal that's going to have to happen because... Let's face facts here. The Bengals are not going to pay him. He's not going to lower his worth. If anything, he's going to only increase it even more because the longer you wait, the more money you're going to want. And you can definitely blame Mika Fitzpatrick's deal about how this has gotten uglier day by day because if a guy didn't have to beg a franchise for $18.4 million guaranteed over the next four years, then why should I have to beg a franchise, you know, and he hasn't won a playoff game, even though Mika is a better safety in the Bates, but we we got to face facts here. And you have Jesse, who's been, in, who was in the Super Bowl, had an interception, practically put you there, and he pretty much has to beg the Bengals for $17 million. When you got Jamal Adams, Sitting here with 17 and a half, Minka sitting here with nearly 18 and a half million, but Jesse Bates got a bag for 17 million. And then I heard reports from US Today and other Cincinnati media outlets that they did offer Jesse Bates 17 million dollars, but unfortunately, it was not over four years and it was not guaranteed per year. It was only guaranteed for the first two, which will only have them making $34 million, which is technically a low ball because then there was other reports that the next two years he was earning $5 million. So, which means the final two years of that four-year deal, he was earning like $5 million a year, which is only $44 million. So, if you think about it from that perception, that's like taking an $11 million for four years with $11 million guaranteed, which is like $44 million guaranteed over the next four years. Because that's pretty much what it is. And that is a definite low ball because let's, 
a top five safety, that's not even top 15 money in my book, especially with the way the safety market is only getting higher and increasing more as it goes on. You know, Jamal Adams pretty much paid the way for the safeties with his 17 and a half million guarantee for the next four to five years with the Seattle Seahawks last offseason. Mika this past, I believe this past June, July, got a deal from the Steelers, $18.4 million guaranteed over the next four years means he's getting paid $76 million for over four years, which is $18.4, $18.5 million for the next four years. And when you are the agent of Jesse Bates and you are Jesse Bates yourself, this guy who plays my exact position and is in my division, he's getting $18.4 million. He doesn't have a playoff victory, but yet you got me who got an interception in the Super Bowl, who practically put the Bengals there, not getting anything compared to that. It's just it's absurding and it's a real, honestly, it's a slap in the face. I'm going to say it. I understand. Listen, I call Minka Fitzpatrick the best safety in football. So, yes, I expected Minka to, you know, maybe not that much money, but I'm glad I'm happy for him. No question, even though I expect Doran James deal from the Chargers to obviously break the safety market even more, which is only going to make this relationship get uglier. And the Bengals has a habit of giving their... Players who they franchise tag, you know, this is it for now. See you later down the road, which just means like you can come back for one year and then we're going our separate ways for the next year. And that's not something you want to do if you're Cincinnati when you was just in the Super Bowl not too long ago. But that's really what they're going to do, unfortunately. And if I'm Jesse Bates, I think it's time to ask for a trade. Truth be told, it's time to, it's time to ask for a trade. You're only 25. You're obviously in your prime. You're one of the best safeties in football. Top five in my book. Top three at best. Um, others would say top 10, top 15. I don't see you being that low on the list because I can't name nine other safeties that are better than Jesse Bates. I can't even. I can barely name five. Honestly, with you, I can only name two that is 100% guaranteed. Because you could say your flaw, you can point flaws out about Buda Baker, you can point definite flaws out about Kevin Board, you can point flaws out about Jamal Adams with his coverage. There's other safeties in this league you can definitely argue he's better than, but Minka and Doran James, you're not gonna argue because it's clear as day he's not. And that's no disrespect to Jesse. It's just that's how great Minka and Doran James are at their positions. You know, the best free safety in Minka Fitzpatrick, the best strong safety. In the league, when healthy, with Doran James. And speaking of Kevin Board and Buda Baker, these guys are making, I believe, what is it, 16, 16 to 16 and a half million dollars? And it's like you're Jesse Bates, and these guys are getting that for the next four years. It means they're looking at over 60, they're looking between. Yeah, they're looking t- between 64 to $70 million guaranteed over the next four to five years. But yet, I can't even get, based off this deal that you offered me, $50 million for four years guaranteed, let alone 64 or beyond or above. And that's just utter disrespect for the Bengals. And the fact that I've seen Bengal fans even defend this foolery, it's just observing. Honestly, it's 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 real life observant. I don't even know what to say about it. 
because it's like I seen it coming because look at the franchise, look at the organization I'm talking about here. The Cincinnati Bengals who just has shown, and excuse me for my language, but has shown they don't give a rat's ass about paying nobody outside of their number one wide receiver and their quarterback. And I really feel like this is going to be another trip where Bengal fans are going to allow their team to play, to allow their organization to play them like suckers. And that's really what it is. I really believe that this is going to be another trip for the third quarterback era straight. Bengal Nation is going to allow the Cincinnati Bengals organization to play their, to play, to allow them to play them like suckers. And that's exactly what they're doing right now. I think this is another thing where they sucker their fans in because their ticket sales have sucked over the past four years with the way the Bengals have stunk for the past four years. And the years prior to this season, obviously, they ha you can't stink when you was in the Super Bowl. That doesn't make sense here. So I'm talking about the four, the three to four seasons prior to this, this past season, just for clarification. But it's, it's like it's another one of them. Because here's the thing, I'm looking at T. Higgins' contract, and I'm looking at the way the receiving market, you know, the wide receiver market is just going off the roofs. Um, Tyler Boyd's contract is coming up. Um, Mike Hilton's contract is possibly coming up. And then it's Von Bell. And then when you're, see, with the Bengals, this is what bothers me about them. It wasn't your, see, they say that, oh, we need to save this team, right, to... Go back to the Super Bowl, whatever. But it wasn't your safeties that cost you that Super Bowl. If anything, you should have been shopping for replacements for your cornerbacks who couldn't stop a dang nosebleed in that Super Bowl. Like, Matthew Stafford can put anyone he want out there on your cornerbacks as long as your safeties, as long as someone's there to create a diversion for your safeties. It's it's an ease touchdown or it's an ease first down and... It's the Rams on the, you know, it's the Rams on the board one way or another via field goal or touchdown. And it's because your cornerbacks just did not have answers for anybody Matthew Stafford put out there. Not just Odell, not just Cooper Cup, but others as well. Even freaking third string and backups is, it's observing. Like if anything, you was really a team. That was really looking to get back to the Super Bowl. I would have shopped Eli Apple away. And I would have gave Jesse Bates that extension. That's what I would have done. That would have made better sense. This is the reason why Eli Apple is cheaper than Jesse Bates. It's because he's not worth more. And he's not worth more because he's not as good as a player. And he's not effective. It's not just as effective on your team as Jesse Bates is. Eli Apple is not. If anything, you should have been in that draft. You should have been drafting a cornerback instead of a safety. Which means you're telling me, oh, yeah, you don't want this money. This is what I'm reading. You don't, oh, yeah, you don't like what we give you. We don't see you as that worth. So guess what? We're not going to pay you. We're going to draft your replacement, and we're going to show you it's an in-your-face moment that you can be replaced. But let me tell you, take it from a Steeler fan. A safety is a very hard position to shop for in an NFL draft. And it's a hard position to shop for, period. You could draft the top talent, but it's about what you do when you, when you reach the big boy leagues, when you reach the NFL. And a lot of these other safeties have shown us – you know, they're just not it. You know, they're just not it. It's just 
this is not it for them. They just didn't cut it. And here's my take. I think Daxon Hill is on the verge of being just that. I don't see I don't see it in him. And maybe I could be seeing wrong. Maybe I'm not seeing enough. It could be this season would definitely tell. Time will definitely tell because I don't see Jesse Bates playing the down for the Bengals to share. I don't see him coming back to training camp, which already he reported that he's not. And rightfully so, because he's not going to play under the franchise tag. He already said that. And he's not and he's not coming back there without a deal. And the deadline, unfortunately, for the Bengals has passed which was July 15th, I believe the deal was, and it's now about to be a month. So, yeah, it's definitely clips for that. Um, I don't see a deal happening this year nor next year because in order for that, he has to sign the franchise tag, in which he didn't. He has to return, you know, be there, which he's not. So, there, there it is. And I should have known, you know, and pretty much the franchise tag thing that they did around March, Confirm that because why else would you franchise tag a player? Like, why would you franchise tag a player if you know you guys are coming to a deal? And you guys are coming to an agreement and the agreement is there. It's like how? It's like how? You know? So, unfortunately, it's time for the Bengals and Bates to, you know... Part ways because this is only going to get uglier. It's only going to make the Bengals front office look worse because some people will consider this like borderline slavery because let's let's just call it let's just call it like it is like you're holding the man hostage. You're not letting him do nothing. You're just using your pretty much your organizational power into holding him hostage to making sure he doesn't do anything that he wants to do pretty much with this deal besides sit out, which I don't think he wants to do it, but he feels he's going to have to do it to teach you guys a lesson and to pretty much, it's like, it's pretty much, you know, let's just say it's not going to allow him to do anything. And it's really hard for me to get my words out because some part of me would expect, you know, them to get out their old ways, especially with seeing what they just had, which was one more play from a Super Bowl title when no one even expected them to make the, you know, to go 500 and let alone make the playoffs, let alone win the AFC North Division, win the AFC Conference and be just one play away from making this, from winning the Super Bowl, forget making it. You know, O-line would have held up one more play. Jamal Chase had Jalen Ramsey beat up top. We would have been crowning the Bengals as the Super Bowl champions. And the thing that bothers me within this deal, their front office seemed to forget that to a point that they don't think that they got to keep their strong assets around. Instead, they brought the weak link back and said, you know what, told the stronger asset that all of a sudden – you know what? You're not worth this. You're not worth that. You get what we give you. You can kiss our behinds if you don't like it. You can sit out. You can cry. You can do whatever. But you're not getting more than what we give you. Pretty much saying that he's not deserving of at least $17 million. Um, If he even gotten that. If he even gotten that. Because, like, here's the deal. I'm actually now reading a tweet from I Am Report, a.k.a. Adam Schefter. 
And he, and I quote, and this is what he tweeted, for the Bengals and star Jesse Bates, the team's final offer guaranteed Bates only $4 million more than what he would get if he eventually signs the franchise tag. Big difference is the tag locks Bates in for one year while the Bengals offer locked him in for five additional years. So, which means the franchise tag is about $12.85 million. $12.85 million. I just said those numbers wrong. Excuse me for that, but it's $12.85 million. And he was only going to get $4 million more than that. Not four million per year, but a total of four million, which means he was which means the deal would have only offered him let's just say sixteen million dollars or sixteen point eight five million dollars for the next four to five years. Wow, I ain't even think it was that bad, so I may have spoke on it, you know, a little earlier in the segment. I apologize for that. Because I did not know it was that bad. That's horrible. That's the biggest low ball I have ever heard in my life with a top tier player in his position ever in my life as an NFL fan. You're telling me that a top five safety, some others top 10, you can only come up with $16.85 million for the next four to five years? So he was supposed to live off of 16 to $17 million over the next four to five years. In what world do you think that was playing out well in Bengals? You know what? I'm done with this deal. I'm going to just say this. More of the story, it's time for the Bengals and Jesse Bates to part ways. It's time that Jesse Bates just say, you know what? Enough is enough. It's time that I get the hell out of here and go get my money and take my talents elsewhere. Because as clear as day, this is an organization that don't give a damn nor give a ounce craps to even think to value his talents. This is the biggest lowball I have ever seen in my life as a sports fan, and I am not exaggerating. So you know what? If I'm Jesse Bates, I am out of Cincinnati. I am asking for a trade before the season starts. And I am saying, you see ya. It was nice being with you. It was good while it lasted. It's time for me to go. That's it and that's all. Keep tuning in to the rest of this episode as I will be continuing on when I speak on the new change that is happening to the Steelers Stadium. See you the next segment. This is your host, me, Shayla, and this is the Mike Bomb Podcast. Welcome back to the Mike Bomb Podcast with your host, May Shayla, kicking it back at you. I'm now moving forward to speaking on some new changes that has happened in Pittsburgh. Starting with their new stadium name, and it's weird because I'm, I'm going to be most likely attending the home opener this year, and... Never would I ever thought that I would be calling the Steelers Stadium as a Steelers fan. I definitely would have never thought that I would be calling the stadium anything other than Heinz Field. And the fact that I'm going to have to do just that, maybe just to get used or at least try to get used to the new stadium name, is just absurding. 
Honestly, that's the word that I got to say about this. Um, Unfortunately, you know, the Steelers and Heinz, you know, Heinz company couldn't come to a cohesive deal or an agreement on their new stadium name, you know, naming rights and things like that. So, unfortunately, the Steelers had to shop for another stadium name and it's now named after a private company in Michigan called... A record sure, if I'm even pronouncing it right. It's named after an uh, insurance company in Michigan called A Sure Insurance, which led to the new stadium name called A Sure Stadium. And while many other users around the world, other Steeler fans, has been wanting and giving their sport takes or their takes or their thoughts and opinions on it, so has players been Roethlisberger, the main culprit of that, who's been voicing his opinion on it and saying that it will always be Heinz Field pretty much in his heart. Me paraphrasing what he said, it will be pretty much it will always be Heinz Field in his heart. I'll just say this. I got to agree with him because ever since I became a fan, I've been a fan of the Steelers since I was a kid. Five years old, I'm now 23. I don't know the stadium to be anything other than Heinz Field. And... I'm not a fan of this new stadium name. I'm not. I could give you at least two other names that would have had a better wing to it than this. Starting with, if you couldn't, you know, come to get a better name than a record short stadium or come to an agreement with Heinz, you know, with Heinz company to get you know get back the naming rights and to continue on with the deal of the naming rights then you should have just called it art rooney stadium i don't think anyone would have had an issue with that or rooney stadium you know because the roonies are the owner of the team that represents that field or you could have went back to a normal you could have went back to its normal name and called it three river stadium which me had the best design of all the steeler stadiums all the stadiums that I've seen pictures of, Three Rivers Stadium would have been a way better name than this. You know? It would have been a way better name. And the fact that out of all the names you can come up with, this is the best you can do. It's just honestly laziness and pathetic. But you also got to think about it from a business standpoint that a record short did give, you know, the Roonies and the Steelers a great amount of money for it. And... Obviously, they couldn't pass up on it, so it is what it is. And it's unfortunately going to be for the next 5 to 10 years at least this stadium name. And I'm not even sure how I can, you know, feel about this. I'm pretty numbed and I'm pretty torn because new stadium names and brand new eras in Pittsburgh does play out well. I already made my constant tweets about that. So that can, you know, bring Yenzer some hope. And it's also the fact that I'm not sure if this is even going to think to have a better name or better wing to it than Heinz Field. It's like, that's all we know it as. And I was walking past the stadium the other day where they were taking the ketchup bottles down. It's no longer there. It's heart, you know, it's heart wrenching. It's heart-wrenching because it hurts to see that because it's all we all called it was Heinz Field. And that's all we ever wanted it to be known as. But Heinz, the Roonies, couldn't come to 
a unit and now we're here. They couldn't come to an agreement, so now this is where we are. It's a pretty stupid name, in my opinion. I'm not going to lie, because it's hard to even pronounce. You know, you want it, yes, you want a great deal from a company that will bring revenue to your stadium, but I don't get how an insurance company can bring great revenue to your stadium from Michigan. Like, if anything, if it wasn't for PNC Park, I would have said call it that. If anything, they should have called it Highmark Stadium. That would have been a good name. I mean, I don't know any other buildings in Pittsburgh besides the hospital and the clinics that are named after Highmark. Which, to all of you that don't know, is a medical and insurance company that many, many patients go to if they don't go to Alani. Which is named after the county that Pittsburgh is in. In Pennsylvania. But, yeah, I would have named it Highmark Stadium, if anything. I would have named it that. Or you could have named it UPMC Stadium. Or Rooney Stadium. Or go back to Three Rivers Stadium. I don't think anyone would have had an issue with that. But a Wreckage Shore Stadium, if I'm even saying it right, is the dumbest name of a stadium I have ever heard in my entire life. It really is. It's like, it's it's comical. Because What? This doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I don't, I actually would love to know more about what happened between the Steelers organization and Heinz Food Company or Ketchup, whatever, you know, to a point that they couldn't come to a, a an agreement or crap. You could have called the Chase Bank Stadium, if anything, because there's a lot of Chase Banks in Pittsburgh. You could have called the AT. No, well, no, no. I don't think you could have called the AT and T Stadium, but or you probably could. You probably could have shoot your shot with that because I, that's the biggest company out here in Pittsburgh of uh, phones. Because I won't see you naming yourselves at the Verizon Stadium. I think another stadium is named after that. I'm not sure, but whether it's the NFL or another sports league. But I did hear that name before in the stadium. But still. You know, you could have named it a private company here in Pittsburgh. Like, why Michigan? I I would like to know that one, Art Rooney. Um, out of all the states or all the cities, you chose Michigan. I don't I don't understand that. That that is just mind blowing to me because it's like, what? You know, make it make sense. You want yes, you want a great deal, but you also want a stadium name that has a good wing to it, and a Rackershore Stadium does not. Maybe people like I and others. Fellow Steeler fans or diehard Yankers, it's not giving us the chance that, you know, the Roonies feel that we should. But we want something that we can pronounce easily that has a good wing to it and that we can brag about as fans saying, hey, this is our stadium. That's and this just is not this just does not cut it. This does not do it for us. And it does not do it for the players of the past. It really doesn't do it for the players of the present. Even though people like Cameron Hayward couldn't give a rat's ass about this stadium. But, you know, he just want to go out there and play football and feel like our team record would speak more about, you know, speak more about our franchise and our team than our um, stadium name, which I definitely agree with because they're going to care more about what you do on the field, not the field that you're named after, which understandable um, from a competitive standpoint and general standpoint 
it's understandable, but still, it's like, really? A Rackershore Stadium? Like, you could have come up with a better name? I understand why you wouldn't name it, you know, I understand why you couldn't name it after the PPG Paints Company, because obviously, PPG Paints Arena is the Penguin Stadium. You couldn't name it after PNC Bank, because unfortunately, we got PNC Park, so that's there for the Pirates, but I won't say unfortunately because it's a beautiful stadium. The team just suck, but I don't know how long that's going to last. It's some hope coming there in Pittsburgh as they got a young team there, but yeah, I just gave you a couple of stadiums off the top of my head. You could have named it Chase Bank Stadium. You could have named it um, Art Rooney Stadium or Rooney Stadium. You could have named it Highmark Stadium. It, it, it could have been a lot more better names or UPMC Stadium. You could have named it that. I mean, you already got your complex named at the UPMC. You might as well name it UPMC Stadium. You got a deal right there. You could have extended that. That would have been a better stadium name. You know, that would have been a name that's been like, ah, it's not Heinz Field, but it's it's doable. This, on the other hand, uh, the way it's looking right now is not so much. <laughs> it's, it's just not. It just doesn't have a good wing to it. It's It just doesn't. And I'm sorry, but... It just doesn't. Um, hopefully, it does get on us users and it does shower in us very well to a point we get used to it. Hopefully, we can get some better revenue now with this new stadium name. We can get some more upgrades with the seats or, you know, or hell, we could take a page out of the Rams and the Raiders and the Chargers playbook, even though the Rams and the Chargers share stadium. And we can, you know... Upgrade our stadium and get a new one and then give that one to the uh, Panthers. You know, I think that's I think that should be the next step because a new stadium in Pittsburgh is overdue. A uh, new revenue is overdue as well. And I think the seedings, I think the seedings are pretty fine. They just need more, you know, look, make it look more like an NFL stadium instead of, you know, a college football stadium. That's all. But that's all I pretty much have to say on that segment. Um... I have one more for you before I say goodbye to this podcast or say goodbye to this episode of this podcast and hit it for you guys next week. So if you want to hear next on what I have to say about Brittany Grinder and her sentencing along with the future of the WNBA and what to do about this, if you're them, if you want to hear more of my take on that, then keep tuning in to the Mike Bomb Podcast with your host, May Shayla, as I will be giving my take on that in the next segment. See you soon. Welcome back to the last segment of the Mike Bomb Podcast. I am now kicking off this last segment of this episode speaking about an unfortunate tragedy, I will call it, that happened this past week when Phoenix Center, you know, Phoenix Mercury Center, Brittany Griner, was sentenced to nine years in Russian prison for apparently traveling illegally in Russia with drugs that you know, are legalized in America. That's what I pretty much call it. It was like weed, I believe it was. And it's hard to get my words out right now because even though I know Russia does not like America and they would do everything in their power to stick it to America, 
Um, I would never thought that the sentence would be this harsh or the punishment would be this harsh, you know, and it is. She apparently was traveling drugs illegally out of America while, you know, in and out of Russia pretty much. So just to give a more clarification here, I have the notes here. Um, Griner was arrested in March for apparently illegal possession of drugs, marijuana known in street terms weed, while heading back to the U.S. after completing her overseas season in basketball in Russia, which she does every single offseason she's been doing for the past, I believe. She's been in the league for like nine years now, so she's been doing for nine years, I'm assume. And she was stopped while in checkboard, you know, while she was in, she was in check-in boarding her flight and then was arrested after it was being found on her. She now had, she now had an hearing date that was scheduled for July 1st and her time in Russian prison has been extended prior to the sentence for another six months, which should have gave all of us, including I, who just didn't want to believe it. Um, a a hint of what was going to happen, and it sucks. It sucks for all the Phoenix Mercury players, like the Diana Taurasi's, like the Skylar Dickens Smiths, and many others like that who obviously had a close bond with her. In the words of Smith herself, is their sister, not just some Jane off the street. And I think she pretty much sounded off how we all felt. You know, even me as a podcaster, sports journalist, or multimedia sports personality, because that's what I identify myself as, because I do a little bit of everything. Um, I actually want to break down and cry right now because she's not, she's one of my, she was, she's one of my favorite athletes to watch. And I did not expect this to happen to her out of all people or to any of the WNBA athletes. I don't want this to happen to anybody, even to my worst enemy, because Russian prisons can be pretty brutal. You know, everyone is not like America when it comes to rules. And they just showed us within this trial alone the difference between living in America and living in other countries. The things that are allowed in America is not allowed in other countries like Russia and if you think that you're going to do what, you know, what you do in America here, it's not going to fly and we're going to make you pay for it. And unfortunately for the Brittany Griner situation, that's exactly what happened. Now, am I saying that Russia was right for this or the Russian court was right for this? Hell no. Don't, no, 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 no. I am not saying that and that would never come out my mouth. They are dead wrong for this, but... Unfortunately, Griner is now being used as a pawn to pretty much for Russia to stick it to America. That's what it is. They know we want her back. They know that she's one of our best athletes. They know who they have in that prison. They know that. They know it's not just some random Jane from America who was apparently, according to them, who had illegal drugs on her. They know this is a WNBA athlete. They know this is a top-tier athlete in America. They know how much Brittany Grinder means to the sports world, especially in women's sports, especially in the WNBA as being one of the top-tier players ever since she got drafted out of Baylor. They know this. 
And and I think many like you know many others like Joy Taylor said it best on First Things First when she mentioned that Griner was used as a pawn, and she is. It she is because there's no other reason. I don't think you know if it wasn't for Russia dislike towards America, she probably would not be suffering as much as she is right now. I mean, let's get real here. She was arrested back in March. She was. In prison till that July. So that's April, May, June. That's three months right there. Then they extended her, you know, her prison date or her trial date six months afterwards. So they extended her time in prison for another six months prior to the trial. And then they turned right back around and just hammer a nine-year sentencing. And according to Griner's lawyers, they gave her papers and forced her to sign them. Papers that were unreadable, which means she didn't understand them. And it was an unfair trial because they were giving her it pretty much in their foreign languages or whatever. Forced her to sign them, which to agree. Um, she did plead guilty on it, but she was using it for medical conditioning. So it's not like it was she was smoking it, but it was used for medical conditioning, like... For her medical reasonings. And this is why marijuana was legalized now in America. Or legalized in other you know, states in America. Because a lot of marijuana actually cures a lot of more like health conditions or health issues. More than any one thing. More than I know. I can't even tell you all that they care. Because I don't work in that field. That's not my desire. And I'm not a doctor. So I can, I can only explain pretty much what you and I both heard within that. Um, but for her sentencing, it sucks. Um, it sucks because we already knew she was most likely going to miss the WNBA season, this upcoming season of the WNBA, the 2022 season, because unfortunately the WNBA season ain't as long as the NBA season, which is something that I think the WNBA PA should start pushing for because these athletes does deserve more playing time. And more, you know, just as much time as the NBA, you know, as the NBA gets along with better wages and just as much money as the NBA gets, which is something that I really want to get into because you can easily blame this on the wages of the WNBA and the wages that they give their players or their athletes, because if it wasn't for that, she wouldn't have to do this. Or any of the WNBA athletes wouldn't have to do this. They wouldn't have to go overseas or have to get other jobs or find other income if they were getting paid the same exact money as the NBA players are. And I'm not saying that the NBA players shouldn't get their money. I'm saying that the WNBA athletes should be getting paid just as much as them. Like, for example, why is people like Sue Bird making only like Three to four thousand dollars, while LeBron James, Steph Curry is in over like three hundred million or something. Think about that. Not saying that they don't deserve their money, but people like Sue, people like Candace Parker, people like Diana Taurasi are players who deserve, you know, just as much money as they do. That's the point because they're just as talented. If you watch the WNBA and you actually care to invest your time in the WNBA, which is something that I recommend a lot of people. Who, to do so, which I actually thank people like LeBron, 
and like Steph Curry for mentioning and for taking their time and supporting because they deserve it, then you would know more of what I'm talking about and know more why I'm saying what I'm saying right now. And this could mean, you know, major changes coming for the WNBA in a good way because... One, I don't think that they're going to be just as, you know, sure or be just as confident as they were before this happened of their players traveling overseas. So you can expect wages from the WNBA, PA to hammer down on their players. And now I'm, I'm not going to say hammer down. That's that's a bad term because when you hammer down on something, that means you're punishing them. And I don't think they should be punished. Um, I'm going to say that. They pretty much are going to be awarding, that's a better term, awarding, you know, their athletes with better wages. And we could be seeing the WNBA making as much money as the NBA. I don't know how soon um, to say next year or something would be pretty unrealistic and delusional. So I'm not even going to say that. The W the fandom within me would hope for that, but we all know the reality of process and agreements and all of that. And and from a business standpoint, it's it's gonna take at least more than a year. We can definitely we all can definitely agree on that. But should they be allowed to go overseas now after the situation? Like, is it time for them to start increasing the wages of their players to prevent them from having to travel overseas? Because, see, here's why. A lot of people ask, why would they go overseas? Many fans want to know, why would she go over there to play basketball? And I'm going to answer this question right now. Obviously, I already pretty much answered it from the previous statements that I made when I said that the WNBA does not get paid even remotely to half as much as the NBA players like an NBA rookie makes double the amount of money as a veteran in the in the NBA that's reason number one so their money is not the same because while the NBA can just live off their players can live off their contracts and obviously want more money as it goes along and gonna get money depending on the value of their market and their worth on the court the WNBA, it's just, it's not the same. It's not. Like, it's actually disgusting how how they're treated within pay range. And their players, it's like, I don't get how you can even make a living like this. Like, the WNBA players are not making more than your average Jane or Joe on the street. They're not making that much more. Let that sink in. Like, your dad or your mom can be a can be a doctor or a lawyer and come home with just as much money as an average WNBA player. Not saying that they don't deserve it, but it's just observing because they can't even you can your parents wouldn't even be able to say that about a about okay in comparison to their salary to an NBA player. So that's why many women have to go overseas you know, to play basketball because they get paid more over there playing overseas in the foreign countries than they do playing for their respectable teams or 12 out of the 12 respectable clubs in the WNBA in their own country. So that's why. And it sucks because the WNBA has been around for 20 plus years. 
I believe it's beyond time. Time is overdue for someone else to step up and say, hey, it's time for us to start expanding more teams because there are too many free agents now in the WNBA that still doesn't have jobs because there's not enough places to put them. There's not enough teams in the in, in the WNBA to have them, and it sucks. And it sucks. Like, Arila Gutierrez, um, Tia Cooper still don't have jobs, and they were cut back in June, back in May and June, which was the beginning of the WNBA season. And they and now we're no like in less than a week away from the playoffs, and they still don't have jobs. So right there, tell you that. Time is overdue for an expansion of WNBA teams. Now, to increase wages, this would definitely help because it will prevent this from happening. This is what happens when you're underpaid and overworked. Now you got to, you know, make all these extra moves and go through all these extra steps and whatever just to make a living off what you love to do because for some reason... Somebody in, you know, somebody who's in charge of that just don't see your worth in one part of basketball as they see in the opposite gender in another part of basketball. And what do I mean by that? Okay, you a WNBA player, the people upstairs who pretty much comes up with the wages for you or for NBA players does not see your worth as they would an NBA player, if that makes sense. But... Yes, Brittany Griner situation. Obviously, her sentence is expected to, you know, go down or to lower at least. Um, unfortunately, I don't think that she's going to be freed anytime soon. I think it might just be another year she might have to sit there in that Russian prison. Maybe another two years, depending on how they feel or depending on how much they want to really stick it to America with their own resident. But or own citizen to be more exact, but it sucks. I'm actually praying once again. I'm praying for Griner. I'm praying for the Phoenix Mercury. I'm praying for the head coach, Skyler, Diana, all these other ladies on the Phoenix Mercury team. As it, it's not easy. You know they had to come out and play a real tough team after hearing the sentence, and then they gotta. You know, come out here, still fight for a playoff spot while still, you know, finding out before the minutes before the game that their teammate, their their friend, their sister is not going to be back with them, according to the sentencing, for nearly a decade. That, that was sting. That stings me on the outside looking at, let alone... On the inside with them who actually knew Brittany Griner, the person, not Brittany Griner, or knew of Brittany Griner, the athlete, you know? Because when you in career fields like that, this is a difference. People can know you for me, like they can know me as a sports journalist or sports advocate or whatever, and then they can know me, Shayla, the person. You know, there, there are two different worlds, and they knew both of Griner's. So, it's like, it sucks, but that's all I pretty much have for you for this segment, this episode. I said it before, I'll say it again. My prayers go to Brittany Griner, her wife, her family, her friends, her teammates, and everyone else in the WNBA as they are, you know, battling this tough time, playing, you know, through her spirits and 
hopefully America and Russia can come to a cohesive agreement and work something out better. If not, you know, hopefully she could tough it out long enough to be free to make it back here home to America. Um, that's all I pretty much have for this segment. This is your host, May Shayla, signing out. And this has been the Mike Bomb Podcast. See you guys soon. Welcome to the Mike Bomb Podcast, the podcast where the bombs get thrown. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode. This is your host, May Shayla, exiting out. But before I do... I would like to take the time to thank everyone who has subscribed, follow, and listened to the podcast and for your overall support and love. If you are interested in getting more news and updates about the podcast, such as new episodes, new seasons, you can now subscribe and follow the podcast on your favorite platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora Radio, Google Podcasts, and much more. Or you can visit www.themikebomb.com for news updates within your favorite sport leagues, along with more news about the podcast. Thank you for your support, and see you next episode. something to say there's a fear out there and it's coming your way don't let it stop you from living for what you were made it's not a dream it's a destiny blessed is he when the whole world listens to this mess in me there's a message inside what you get from me a little life little love that's a recipe so when the world is crashing down and you feel the weight on your shoulders try to pick it up but you're steady stacking the boulders every day's a gift never miss it getting older blessing in the struggle know that you're just on the road to a life you were born to live so i wake up every day and just give it what I'm born to give Everything in me and nothing less While this heart's still beating up inside my chest